0: Welcome to the Bon Appetit Foodcast. I'm Andrew Knowlton, deputy editor of the magazine, and today I'm joined in studio by Christine Mulkey, our fearless executive editor. That would be me. That's you, and our special guest, Eric Warner from Hartwood in Tulum, Mexico. Welcome.
1: Thank you. Hello.
0: <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't get out of the out of the jungle much, right? No. Okay. <laughs> so, for those of you who don't know, Hartwood is. I've never been, but I've heard it's a it's an amazing restaurant. It's about two hours drive south of Cancun, right? Um, right on the beach. Mm. So I just think to start off for our jungle side, the jungle side. Yeah, the jungle oh, side. I couldn't afford the beach. Oh, you yeah. couldn't ah, afford the fancy. beach. Yeah, uh, that's your second restaurant, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Christine, you've been because you just wrote a book called Heartwood: Bright Wild Flavors from the Edge of the Yucatan, and yes. that is out from Artisan Books on October 20th. That's correct. So, Christine, for those of us who haven't been, can you kind of set up, like, what it's like when you land in Mexico and how do you get to this restaurant that has become a destination restaurant that's not in Copenhagen and it's not in Tokyo?
2: <laughs> but people from Copenhagen and Tokyo make it a destination. <laughs> so so.
0: What, is it, what is it like? Like, what does it look like? Is it a, is it a traditional restaurant?
2: It is not traditional in any sense. Um, Just to give you an idea, you land in Cancun, you know, you can see the really dense jungle canopy as you're flying in, but then you can also see these nightmare, all-inclusive resorts. Um, Maybe they're great for some reasons, I'm not sure, but I've been going down since 2001 and You know, at that point, it was like the road ended at my hotel and nobody really went past there and it was hippies and yoga and no good food. No good food. Which is why I went because it was great to go and not pig out. Yes, exactly. And the jungle side was like you didn't really walk on the road. You walked on the beach because the beach is so incredibly beautiful. It's just miles of this white sand and palm trees and like as far as you can go. Like you can't actually walk as far as the beaches; it would take you all day. Um, So the jungle side was kind of where people threw out the garbage or there'd be dogs, you know, it's just not a nice thing. So as the years went on and they built the route, they built the road and Tulum just got more and more popular because it's such a beautiful, special place. And, you know, you can be there from New York. If you leave at like 630 in the morning, you can be on the beach by noon or two if you really, if you really crank.
0: Three and a half hour flight. Yeah. And then a two hour drive from. Right. Exactly. Yeah.
1: But I mean, the the drive is real easy because it's one road (laughs) straight down.
0: Okay. Yeah.
2: Can't mess that one up. So anyway, I had just left my job at the New York Times and had signed on to start work at Bon Appetit in Mm. January, just as we were relaunching. And I took a week off for my annual Tulum trip. And at that point, like I was staying farther and farther down the beach because it was more and more popular. And as we're driving by, I saw something I'd never seen before. I saw a place on the jungle side. And not only that, it was beautiful. I think what caught my eye first was this 70s Jeep Wagoneer, which... Wait,
0: so you had never... You had not heard of this place before. No. You literally, like, it wasn't on a blog.
2: It's, it wasn't. Wait, just wait.
0: Okay. <laughs> I can't so, wait. Just there's this
2: white like Wagoneer, which I was totally loving, and then I see this beautiful space, and I turned to my husband, Oliver Strand, and I said, whoa, hello, Brooklyn. Like, how'd this get here? It's this <laughs> yeah. open-air place, no walls, no windows, these really, you know, hand-hewn kind of Donald Judd-like tables and benches, and absolutely spectacular gravel floor. Just, you've never seen anything like it. So we drop our bags at the hotel. I'm like, let's run back and get a table for tonight. Like right. that is my first priority before I go to the beach. And is there a
0: sign out that says, it says Heartwood. It says okay.
2: We go back and it turns out it's Eric and Maya and they're meeting and they said, we're so sorry, but we don't open until, I don't know, this let's say it was Wednesday. We don't open until Friday, which was Christmas Eve.
0: Like yeah. the first day. They, they weren't even open yet. It was wow. open like Christmas Eve. Yeah.
2: So we were one of their first tables.
0: Wow, I had no idea. So then we actually, you came back and loved it so much that we ran a story with Eric and Maya in our July 2011 issue. Yeah,
2: well, Adam said, do you have any ideas for the grilling issue? I was like, do I have any ideas for the grilling issue? I just went to the ultimate grilling restaurant. So that's the thing. No walls. There's no electricity. So there's just a wood-burning oven and a grill. Mm -hmm. Boom. That's That's it.
0: So the question is, Eric, how did a guy who uh, was born in New York Mm State— and had cooked at places in Brooklyn like Vinegar Hill House and in Manhattan at Peasant. right?
2: And also Payard, when Payard was like O.G. French. Yeah.
0: So how did you find yourself in Tulum being the guy, like, living basically everyone's dream about, I'm actually not going to get back on the plane. Yeah. How did you end up, like, I want to open a restaurant. Tell us a little bit, because that's kind of bonkers. Yeah, I
1: mean, (laughs) if you you were to ask me, uh, you know, Ten years ago, or eight years ago, whether whether I'd be in Mexico and having a restaurant, I would say you're completely crazy because <laughs> that thought never even came into my mind, you know? Right. Um, uh, my wife, Maya, or, you know, a partner, Maya, and I have been going down there for a long time. Her family's been going down there for a long time. Okay. So when I met her, she's like, you need a vacation,
0: you
1: know? <laughs> you work nonstop. It's time for a vacation. Just for two or three days, let's go down and check out this place, Tulum, and get some relaxation, you know, some beach time and everything. Right. And I was reluctantly going and uh, we get down there and we see how beautiful it is. We see, you know, all these things that Christine was talking about and they were really fascinating to us. So that idea start, first started going to our mind the, the first time we went down there. Um, it didn't really become a, a true mind reality until coming back and figuring out how we could do this. A, we were broke. Right. Okay. You know, we were, had credit card debt already. You know. Um
0: But the one thing you say in the book that you didn't have, which is a big deal, is you didn't really have any commitments except to each other. Right, exactly.
1: Right? Yeah, we had no kids at the time or anything right. like that. We had a rent stabilized apartment. That was the biggest thing. You know what <laughs> that I mean? still
2: hurts me that you have yeah. that. Which you yeah.
1: rented it, we subleased, you know, for a year when we were done there. Um but uh all those things started coming together and I started to realize, you know, I was like, I spent you know twelve to fourteen years cooking in New York. Um I, I loved cooking in New York. I worked for some of the best restaurants, and it was so much fun. Um, it was just a fact of, was I going to live in New York for the rest of my life and never move someplace else? I always met people that moved from other places to New York. Right. It was constantly like that. And the the New York that I was part of for a long time, I started to see slightly evolve and change a little bit, and I kind of wasn't sure exactly where to go. After Vinegar Hill. Right. And I wanted to definitely start working for myself, and I want to start creating our own hours. And, uh, you know, from from the age of 18, cooking in kitchens and working alongside of Mexicans, they have shown me the way from the beginning. Whether I was working in a French place, whether I was working in an Italian place, whether Mm -hmm. I was working in an American place, it didn't matter. That presence was there all the time. And they showed me the creativity, ingenuity, all the different things, the work ethic the happiness of being in a kitchen, the family sense of it, that was it.
0: Okay, know? so you you had already known that there was this kind of world yeah. that you wanted. But a lot, of, a lot of chefs have that same feeling you do about getting antsy or like what's the next step, Right. but you actually did something about it and, and opened this amazing restaurant that now yeah. – so how what was the evolution after Christine Mulkey went down there and discovered you? The in-
2: Selby beat me, actually.
0: <clears throat> Oh, so the New York Times... I couldn't even believe it. You know, it's like
1: we were such on the edge of, you know, a nervous breakdown, Maya and I. And, you know, thank God, you know, for some of this press in the beginning because it was really... Tulum was a place where it was busy for two months and then it was dead for four months. It was busy. What is the high season in Tulum? High season is um, uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, you know, uh, that whole kind of Christmas, New Year's Eve area. Now February March a little bit after that it gets busy mm-hmm. tones down a little bit and then right now it's busy throughout the year last year definitely busy throughout the whole year. and are year. you
0: is the restaurant open year round or
1: we close in September and October okay. uh, due to heavy rains okay you know, and repairs and maintenance and, and this is
0: your fifth year now being open yes for, fifth year yeah. okay
1: going into sixth yeah so
0: then when you moved when you moved down Christine and I were talking about this a little bit um, when you moved down like you you had been kind of. You had the, the Brooklyn larder, like you'd done the Vinegar Hill House, the roasted chicken and all the things that we get in New England. And here you are now, you know, in a place that you weren't that familiar with and mm-hmm. you can't maybe get lemons or you can't get what you're used to getting. Right. right. So you have to almost learn a whole new vocabulary or, or even stuff. Christine said that people didn't even know what it was down there. Like yeah. you started discovering stuff to cook with. Exactly. What, I mean, what was that like?
1: It was It was really... An amazing experience, and it still is. And that's what makes me, when I'm up here, I miss it down there. You know, because the market is so evolving throughout the year in Mexico, especially in the Yucatan, it's um, you have so many different farmers that are living in these isolated communities in different towns that grow different things and and grow things on farms that have been existing for hundreds of years. Mm -hmm. So the ideas of agroforestry and, you know, cross germination and poly farming, these things that come into play, create new ingredients and these new ingredients are some things that people have never seen before. And when you start to get your hands on these and start to work with them, then you can create drinks, you know, fresh juice drinks at the bar. You can create things for your menu. You can do a whole bunch of stuff. And mm-hmm. that's, it starts by understanding the Mayan name, understanding the Mexican name, and then asking the ladies that are selling them, what do you use this for? Right. And what is this close, most closely related to? You know, of course, you know, flirting in the process
2: really gets you. I watched him in action. It was pretty amazing.
0: So what, what, what was the, what was the locals reaction when, you know, here's this white guy coming down, opening up a, a a Mexican restaurant or, you know, in, in Tulum, was it, did it take a while to get over the kind of, you know, out of your context or out out of your element?
1: I think it, it took a little while. Um, I think that, you know, nothing that, you know, uh, free food can't handle, you know, <laughs> and um, and definitely, you know, supporting the community. Right. My our whole goal of this in the beginning was not to start our own, um, you know, a farm or this or that, okay? I didn't want to come down and um, do some kind of, uh, you know, rootless globalization kind of mentality there, okay? Mm-hmm. It was, I was a, a foreigner to there, and I wanted to learn, and I wanted to learn from the Maya community, and I wanted to support that 100%.
0: So, Christine, you mentioned that everything comes either out of a, a wood-burning oven or on from the grill. Right. I mean, everything that's cooked, at yeah. least.
1: And an ever-evolving salad station. Yeah. Right? And there's that has, yeah.
2: one blender that uh-huh. comes from the one outlet that's plugged into a solar battery <laughs> that that's has... always breaking. How many blenders have you been through now? It
0: must be like 30 within yeah. the five years. Maybe we should get yeah. you a Vitamix. Oh, I want to send, send them a sure? Vitamix. Vitamix. Hello. Vitaprep. Maybe we also need to get
2: you some Yeti cooler because they also they don't have you know the yeah. refrigeration, so right. everything is prepped for fresh yeah. every day. Marine
1: coolers. I'm really into
0: them.
2: Yeti <laughs> coolers. Everybody's
1: into that. Yeah. This
0: is your opportunity. Yeah. So, I mean, I think people, Christine, p- people here, uh, Tulum, Mexico, and they think Mexican food right. is, is it Mexican food? Like what, what no. is, it's no, it's
2: completely Eric's food. I mean, initially it had a little bit of the Brooklyn accent, but it was still using, local ingredients and it's uh i mean you're not going to get a fish taco but you might get a fish collar if you're lucky you know that's sort of a special um you're eating jicama in ways you never understood you didn't know the papaya could be a dressing you know is it's really exciting but it's totally unclassifiable
0: right and and eric you talked about kind of that learning curve going down there new ingredients but i imagine like not having a walk-in or or refrigeration right like so, how, I mean, how did that influence the food that you guys do? Maybe talk about a specific dish or something that, yeah. that kind of came out of minimal, you know, resources.
1: Well, I mean, the, the whole, the, you know, we have no refrigeration except maybe two very small solar uh, refrigerator now, okay, um, which fits only, a, you know, a small amount of product in it. Uh, we have 10 coolers, okay, 10 to 12 coolers throughout the year, and we're bringing in about 160 kilos of fish a week. All right, that is a tremendous amount of fish, right? You know, and maybe doing about uh, seventy uh, kilos of octopus, per week, like ten a day. And
0: where? You and know? you just store this in coolers? We store it in they coolers. They have a guy
2: okay. full time on retainer, a taxi driver, who just right. brings ice oh, that's, all day. Is that yeah. Juan? Yeah, yeah Juan. that's Juan. Okay, yeah. I,
0: read, I read his little. Yes. There's a, br- yeah. a a nice thing that you wrote in the book about mm-hmm. Juan, the taxi driver. And there's many people, right. who help you out. But like, yeah. you need something, he'll hook you up, and then he's part of the family, and he gets yes. to eat family meal every. Yeah,
1: he's family meal every night um we see him at least three or four times a day we have a network now of taxis that go across the peninsula some come from four hours away some come from two hours away some come from right in town wow. it is because these routes that we set up are purveying go all the way over to Ciudad the carmen which is you know uh five hours instead of campeche um which has the most amazing mayan prawns. you know and t- in order to get them you have to be able to have transportation right. and your time. Right. So these small taxis like Surus um, run for a really long time on little gas and can whip through these roads and fly back there. And sometimes you do a chain taxi, like a relay race.
0: Oh, really? So I'll
1: call one taxi in Campeche. The amazing race, literally. Juan will, be, <laughs> Juan will meet them, in a lead or Merida, pick up Merida, and bring it right to the restaurant in order to have these things. Wow. You know.
0: And are they shaking their head at you? Like, what is this kid, like, what is no, he doing? No, they're loving it. <laughs> they're
1: loving it, because it's just, uh, it's fun. You know, it's that whole mindset of just, right. you know, exciting, fun, new. You know, I'm not asking you to go bring my uh, grandmother to the airport, even though right. he does that. You know <laughs> what I mean? It's it's like, it's go get a box thing. of
0: shrimp for me and bring it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you
1: know, the, the taxis get stocked up with, you know, I, I've seen taxis loaded with coconuts before when we had no coconuts in Salem. Uh, you know, loaded with platanos when we needed platinos. It's just, you know, and Juan's face on the inside, happy.
0: And what does know. Juan think? He, what does he <laughs> think of the food? He recognizes the ingredients, but he might not recognize the difference. Is. Yeah, I mean, meal. he loves
1: pork ribs. Almost mm. every one of our family meals is served with uh, with tacos, you know, okay. with tortilla, okay. you know, everything. It doesn't matter if we one day do like, you know, a spaghetti. Right. It is done with tortilla. <laughs> you it have is to. eaten with tortilla. <laughs> wow. You have you know, to. Which is really, really cool to uh, see.
2: There's you know? my next Smorgasburg stand. Yeah.
0: Right. Just <laughs> anything tacos. with a taco. Anything Who needs a with ramen a burger? <laughs> so let's kind of transition into the book because we have this beautiful book um, that – christine worked with with you on um you talk about the indigenous kind of ingredients that you had there how does that because we we struggle with this upon a bit like you can't give people ingredients that maybe they can't find right so how were you guys able to make heartwood food but without having that larder that you would have in tulum Mm -hmm. you know so that if i want to make the pineapple pork belly right i can make it in brooklyn
1: I mean, it comes down to um, there's a whole section of, um, you know, groceries and supermarkets, things like that, that are, you know, have somewhat are overlooked. You know, it's, um, you know, when you go into um, a supermarket and you see yucca, you know, nopales are incredible to use and they're, and they're there for you. Right. You know, um,
0: but the, you have a cool recipe for like a grilled cactus leaves that then you then marinate to right. get the kind of slimy okra-like exactly, yeah. it. gives you all the it.
1: tricks to use these ingredients right. that you find you, when you go to a Mexican restaurant or when you go to a restaurant that's doing that in the city that you're at, you can, you, this book allows you to use them in a simple way and to make them delicious. You know, it doesn't, there's not a uh, 30 steps to these recipes. It just comes down to going and checking out the, the local Mexican market, you know a local Mexican grocery store mm-hmm. using some of these chilies getting to know some of these products and it gives you the l- larder right in the book and how to mm-hmm. use it it's very it's very easy okay yeah. 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 And, and every
2: a- town has a Mexican market right. at this point i mean you know having traveled across the country for work and gone to these tiny towns like there's always a Mexican grocery or a Mexican restaurant and it's really fun to explore
0: and you Christine you tested all these recipes, yeah. most of them in your house upstate, upstate. right? So yeah. it's like, if you can't get it upstate,
2: I mean, luckily there's a great Mexican market in Kingston that we found, which also has great hot, you know, tamales in the parking lot and the mangoes with the chili yeah. powder, in you know, Kingston. You stand on the street. <laughs> yeah, no, it shows right there. So it just, know? it brought us into a really fun world.
0: So Heartwood could not exist in... In Brooklyn, New York,
1: it's impossible for hardwood to exist in Brooklyn, New York, you would have, I mean, the, some of the things that separate this restaurant is um, the the way we, you know, break down our own waste, the way that we are totally sustainable, the, right. you know, our contacts with the community in a large, you know, um, our solar energy these kind of things and uh, how we have, you know, um, no fire department licenses or hood systems or <laughs> any kind of backup, you know what I mean, if it breaks down. I'm sure some people are listening to this and they've been in the restaurant when it's rained and they all had to come into the kitchen <laughs> and I had to be like, here's mezcal right now for everybody, you know, drink, you know, here's, you know, some pot or something, everybody be happy. So whole, you know, and it, that's, a, that's the whole mentality. Right. It's, it's a unique style. The other, like a couple months ago, there was a person in the restaurant that maybe she waited for, like, an hour and a half, you know. And then I see her sitting down, and she's eating, you know, uh, a lobster, drinking mezcal, and Valentine is giving her, uh, you know, a back massage.
2: Oh, Valentine is the master, by the way. You he's know? sort of their maitre – I would say he's, like, Me not de de. their maitre d' – he's, <laughs> yeah. like, the maitre de vibe. Like, he's just yeah. a happy guy, and yeah. you look at him, and he offers you a drink, and you're just – you wouldn't ra- – you know. La Granouille has nothing on this guy.
0: Right. So the biggest question is how do we get into – Heartwood.
2: You get there at like five. So no reservations. No there,
0: reservations.
1: Okay, we take reservations of eight or more. Okay. We do weddings. We do things like that sometimes. You know what I mean? Maybe we do like four weddings out of the year. Okay. That's about it. Um, if you're two people, you come at uh, around two o'clock in the afternoon. <sighs> Quickly put your name down on the
0: list. So you open it to the list. Opens at two. the
1: list. Opens at two. Okay. I so did we not have. I'm taking notes, <laughs> and that's for any time in the night after six that you want. Okay. You can come at. You can come at eight o'clock. You can come at nine o'clock. You can come at six o'clock. But whatever. then you
0: fill those kind of spots. We fill
1: those spots okay. up, right? Okay. We just have no phone. This is okay. just in place of a phone. Okay. Okay. Because there's no telephone lines out there,
2: and there's no yeah. cell reception. You kind there's of no have phones. to go stand at this one square at the edge of the yeah. road. You know, this like right. two foot box. Yeah.
0: So this question is for both of you. One recipe that you would tell people to cook mm-hmm. from the Heartwood cookbook. Who's
2: I mean, thinking? the agave glazed pork we've been right. making every summer since the Bon Appetit story yes. came out. And also I am obsessed. There's um, a spicy chili cake, chocolate cake, but the frosting, he blends in a ripe avocado to the chocolate frosting.
0: Yeah. Uh, that's the one I've heard about. That's I've amazing. heard stories about yeah. that.
2: And we make the lentil salad and the jicama salad all the time. The
1: jicama salad is really great. My wife, Maya, um, really loves the uh, Yucatan ceviche, mm. which is, um, you know, has like a really kind of smoky, which um, chilies in it, and it's really, really nice. Um, so she's really into that. I would say doing the, um, uh, you know, the pork ribs, which, uh, the agave glazed pork, ribs, uh, the, uh, agave braised pork is really nice. Um, I'm the worst with, you know, recommending. My he's yeah. also super, like, exactly. he's
2: so lucky because he actually gets the whole agave paddles and he puts it on top yeah. of the meat as like a cartouche or as like parchment to protect right. it in the oven. And it's adding this extra, uh, I mean, it's really, yeah. but still you can make them in your oven and finish them on the grill and they're fantastic. Believe me, I've You've yeah. been so many times. Yeah.
0: So Eric, thank you. Uh now you know how to get into Heartwood, down into Loom, and also the book Heartwood, uh co author Christine Mulkey. And Oliver uh, Strand. And Oliver Strand. Yes. Who's that? No, I'm kidding. And Maya uh, Henry. And Maya Henry, yes, your partner, yes. sorry. Who She's, is in who's
1: who is Really responsible for a lot of the design. I was going to say, we, we
0: wanted her first, but she was too busy, so she yeah. offered up you. So Yes, exactly. It's the, it's the best we can do. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, so, Hartwood, that's out right now. But before we go, it's time for rapid fire lightning round. Okay. You have to choose. You have to choose one. There's no wishy-washy. All right. You ready? Are you ready? I think so. Nopales or jicama? Nopales. Okay. Margaritas or Palomas?
1: Margaritas. These are are too
0: easy. Uh, (laughs) Budweiser or Negro Medela? Negro Medela. Wow, listen to that accent. (laughs) New York City or Mexico City? Ooh. Ooh.
1: They're both amazing cities in so many different ways. (laughs) It's very hard to choose. You're not
0: running for office. I would be putting my foot in my mouth if I were to choose
1: one. New York first, Mexico City second.
0: Okay. Uh, mezcal <laughs> or tequila? Mezcal. Do you have a favorite brand? Or it's probably they just get comes from We It's stuff that's like truck. carried
2: down yeah. by donkey we in get, like, uh, gas containers.
0: About, you know, um,
1: uh, 50 gallons at a time. You know, we wow. get a tremendous amount of uh,
0: Mezcal. So you're the guy who's coming up here and laughing at us for buying Mezcal for $80 a bottle. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Cancun or Coney Island?
2: Whoa! Whoa dude. Oh, dude, that's deep. That's crazy. That's crazy.
0: <laughs> Rapid fire.
2: Well, Cancun is a great hospital.
1: Cancun, yeah, Cancun has a really great hospital. Coney Island has wave good. riders. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I never saw that at Coney Island. You know, you I don't have. You get your hair braided. Stand, though, you get your you hair braided. Eric gets his <laughs> beard braided in Cancun. You can get yeah. Um I'm gonna say.
0: Cancun. Cancun over Coney Island.
1: Wow. I have to. I'm, I'm in the state of <laughs> Roo. It is in but definitely, you know.
0: All right. Skittles or Poporindo? Poporindo. Yes. Yeah. And tell, tell people what that is exactly.
1: It's a, a tamarind uh, candy. Right. And then you dip it into a little bit of chilies. and you, you lick the candy and then dip it in the chilies. And that's how it is. Okay. Oh.
0: This, is, this might be the hardest one. Avocado or lime? Oh, my God. That's, that's like a, choosing between children. Me. Who's yeah. your favorite child? <laughs> Made up
1: these questions. It's hard enough. Not me. Um, I don't, you can't have one without the other.
0: Okay. I'll let, I'll, I'll let you have that one. You don't okay. have to choose yeah. a favorite. And then last question, taco or tostada? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God.
1: Tostado for crudo, taco for cocida.
0: All right, I'll give you that one too. You
1: have to, yeah. There's, there's...
2: If you've Maza's had the avocado, Maza. if you've Maza. had the pulpa tostada from the book, you would have a hard time deciding to.
0: Yeah. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the Bon Appetit Foodcast. I'm Andrew Knowlton. That is Christine Mulkey. And that is the heart of Heartwood, Whoa. Eric Werner.
2: Okay, Andrew, let's get back to work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thank
0: you, guys.
1: This podcast is brought to you by executive producer Bell Cushing and project manager Carrie Polis with editing by Mitra Kaboli. The theme music is by Valerie and the Greedies. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.